The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, DBXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at sonsoflibertymedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com, and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from Saturday. Uh, they went out to Buffalo, Minnesota, Target for a protest out there. Had several people come out and join them. And um, several of those people called in and showed up in this show to talk about you know, what they experienced, what brought them out there, what drove them, what went on. And uh, uh, yeah, it was a good day. It was a good day. So if you want to check that out, you can listen to that up until 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that little area. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device that you got. Look for the rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner, and um, click on that and join us in the chat over on Rumble. And Rumble is kind of acting a little goofy is what people are saying. Uh, I noticed that people weren't coming in immediately once we started, which that usually does happen. And uh, so we were halfway through the uh, the pre-show music and before people started showing up. So anyway... I can't help it. It's Rumble's thing. I don't know what they're doing. I, I just, I have no idea what they're they're doing over there. Anyway, we are streaming live to Rumble. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there, we appreciate Michael Roach and his team giving us a place on their platform. Right up under where we're streaming live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, this goes out once a day in the evening. All the articles we have at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, including the morning show archive. So if you look for something in there, you look for the links, the stuff we're talking about, that's where you're going to find it. Okay. You're going to find it over there on sons of Liberty media.com. And uh, with that said, you know, I've been thinking quite a bit about uh, the shows we've done with our friend, Dave Jose and how he uses the state constitutions and the federal constitution largely to get to doing the things that he does. By the way, I hope that you filled out one of those forms off of the Telegram group that was listed uh, concerning the firearms and send that in to your indentured servants. 
to instruct them as to what they are to do and what they're not to do. Uh, I think we can all have a big impact. We start laying down the law to them and start letting them really know you're being watched here. It isn't just your buddies in Congress who are going to cover for you. The people are saying what's going on. Um, you may start to see a little bit different, at least from your state reps, maybe your feds, I don't know, but at least your state reps start to see a little bit of um, backing down from the tyranny they're trying to push. In any case, uh, we'll use every means at our disposal to um, you know, live at peace with all men. That's, that's the goal is to do that. But some men just don't want you to have any peace, okay? So anyway, today's show is titled Politics Without Religion. It's impossible. And what I mean by religion is a belief system, a worldview system, an understanding of who, of who God is, the lawgiver, the creator. And so we're going to take a look at some of these things, a little more extensive maybe than we did with, with Dave, just because I, I kind of found all of it a little fascinating to go back in and to look at some of these things. But let's start off again with a passage that we're familiar with. Uh, we used to use it pretty much every Wednesday and in between uh, for education. And there was a reason why, is we're to teach our children. You know, we got on this thing Saturday, and I've been thinking on this too with uh, Kate, about epigenetics and programming and things of this nature. And I think about, boy, you know, God is very specific about teaching the children, teaching the children, diligently teaching the children his commands. It's their programming. It's their, it's their basic software. It's their DOS, if you will, for those who are old enough to remember what that is. That is what we're putting into them, is the commands of God. And that is so that as they grow and as they experience the world, They'll use the filter of the Word of God against the things they see and they hear going on. Uh, and that's that's the purpose. So Deuteronomy chapter 6 is where I want to start today. And then we're going to look at some of the state constitutions. We're going to look at, um, uh, you know, this cry for separation of church and state. I mean, there really is none of that. That you can't do it. You just can't do it. As I told you, every government that is established appeals to the God of that society that established the government. It just does. Whatever the God of that society is, is who the lawgiver is. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and all his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, and all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee. It's not a, it's not a burdensome thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a terrible thing. Do it that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers had promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou wakest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, 
and on thy gates. And why is that? Well, verse 10. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into, thy, into the land which he sware unto the fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And so God lays out for the people. He's brought them out. He's given them his law. He's established his government, if you will. And now he tells the people, learn the law. Dads, have it in your heart and part it to your children. Teach them diligently these things. What? The law, the commands, the statutes, and the judgments. Okay? That's what he tells them to do. So we have a lot of people who say, well, we need separation of church and state. We need, we need separation of church and state. And, you know, if we, if we don't have separation of church and state, well, then it's going to be this, that, and the other. Well, there are obviously distinctions that are made between the people of God and the state, as it were. However, within the government of the United States, we're going to see the people clearly acknowledge that God is the one who is the lawgiver. They, they acknowledge their dependence upon him. I'm going to show you that. Now, there's only a couple of states where they don't include it that, you know, our government is established by God or, you know, we look for divine providence or any of this kind of stuff. They don't have that in their preamble. There's a couple of states like that, but they mention God in other places in their constitution. Every single one of them does. Every single one. So what I want to do is I want to read to you where this, this thing about separation of church and state come from. You know, some people have heard it. If you've heard it, forgive me. I'm just going to give it for the people who, who have not heard it. But there's a letter that was written. And again, you know, I've got Thomas Jefferson's writings over here. And frankly, I, thought, I think he started out maybe pretty good. But by the end of his life, he kind of seemed like he went away from how he started. That's just, that's what I see in, in his letters and, and other things that he's written. But he did receive a letter from the Danbury Baptist Association. And what I want to do is I want to read to you that letter, and then I want to read to you his response so that you understand when people talk about a separation of church and state, they appeal to, they appeal to this as though it's in the Constitution, and it, it's not really doing that. But Thomas Jefferson is basically saying, the people of God should have nothing to fear from this government. Now it's the complete opposite. This government is coming, at, it goes after the people of God constantly. And that's because the people have not realized who they are in Christ, that it, this is, his, this is part, a, a part of his kingdom, and that they're the ones who are stewards of this land. Okay? So here's the letter. And um, this is written October the 7th, 1801. And here's what, the, uh, here's what the Danbury Baptist Association had to say to Thomas Jefferson. Sir, among the many millions of American, I millions in America and Europe who rejoice in your election to office, we embrace the first opportunity which we have enjoyed in our collective capacity since your inauguration to express our great satisfaction in your appointment to the chief magistrate 
in the United States. And though our mode of expression may be less courtly and pompous than what many others clothe their addresses with, we beg you, sir, to believe that none are more sincere. Our sentiments are uniformly on the side of religious liberty, that religion is at all times and places a matter between God and individuals. Well, it is and it isn't. It's also between peoples. That no man ought to suffer in name, person, or effects on account of his religious opinions. That the legitimate power of civil government extends no further than to punish the man who works ill to his neighbor. That's right. They're the punished evildoers. They're not to be engaged in all this other stuff. But, sir, our constitution of government is not specific. Our ancient charter, together with the laws made coincident therewith, were adopted on the basis of our government at the time of our revolution, and such has been our laws and usages, and such still are. That religion is considered as the first object of legislation. Oh, the first object of legislation. And therefore, what religious privileges we enjoy as a minor part of the state, we enjoy enjoy as favors granted and not as inalienable rights. And these favors we receive at at the expense, excuse me, of such degrading acknowledgments as are inconsistent with the rights of free men. It is not a wondered, therefore, if those who seek after power and gain under the pretense of government and religion should reproach their fellow man, should reproach their chief of magistrate as an enemy of religion, law, and good order, because he will not, dares not, assume the prerogative of Jehovah and make laws to govern the kingdom of Christ. Sir, we are sensible that the President of the United States is not the national legislator, and also sensible that the national government cannot destroy the law of each state, even though that's what they're trying to do now. But our hopes are strong that the sentiments of our beloved President, which have had such genial effect already, like the radiant beams of the sun, will shine and prevail through all these states and all the world till hierarchy and tyranny be destroyed from the earth. Boy, that sounds like... (laughs) That sounds like they believe Jesus is king and that that's what he's doing. He's in the process of destroying hierarchies and tyranny in the earth. Sir, when we reflect on your past services and see a glow of philanthropy and goodwill shining forth in a course of more than 30 years, and by the way, these are Baptists. We have reason to believe that America's God has raised you up to fill the chair of state out of that goodwill which he bears to the millions which you preside over. May God strengthen you for the arduous task which providence and the voice of the people have called you to sustain and support you in your administration against all the predetermined opposition of those who wish to rise to wealth and importance on the poverty and and subjection of the people. And may the Lord preserve you safe from every evil and bring you at last to his heavenly kingdom through Jesus Christ, our glorious mediator, Signed in behalf of the association, uh, Nay Dodge, uh, there's a Robbins and a Stephen Nelson. That's the committee that's there. All right, so that's the letter from which all of the hubbub comes from the people who want to be free from religion. They don't want, they don't want to hear about it. They don't want to see it. They don't want to, uh, nothing. And they're a strange bunch. Uh, they want the they want the they want the quote unquote right to worship false gods because they claim that there is no god or they're atheists, which is nonsense. Romans one is very clear. I'm not going to abandon that foundation. You can tell me, oh, you're listening to uh, the genie in the sky. No, no, no. 
These are men moved by the Spirit of God all throughout history, same God moving them towards the same message, which is preaching the kingdom of God and the coming and the king who came uh, to establish that, that kingdom. So, but I find this an interesting. I mean, this is a Baptist association, and they're talking about these kinds of things. So, Jefferson responds to them. Now, this is a, I apologize for you guys who are watching on the video. This, this one was really small, but I'll blow it up. He has a very short response, January 1st, 1802. And here's the names of the guys. I, the, the two guys, I thought the second one was correct. Nehemiah Dodge, Ef, uh, Ephraim Robbins, and Stephen Nelson. These were the committee members who sent that letter. He says, gentlemen, the affectionate sentiments of esteem and approbation, which you were so good as to express towards me on behalf of the Danbury Baptist Association, give me the highest satisfaction. My duties dictate a faithful and zealous pursuit of the interests of my, con of my constituents. And in proportion, as they are persuaded of my fidelity to those duties, the discharge of them becomes more and more pleasing. Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and God, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship, that the legitimate powers of government reach actions only and not opinions, I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people which declared that their legislature should Quote, make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, end quote, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. So if you and I are going to be honest about what we're seeing here, what is it that we're going to take note of? And I'll finish reading this in a second. Well, he says within the Constitution itself, there's a wall of separation between church and state. But what is that wall to do? Is it to stop the church from influencing the state? Nope, it isn't to do that. The context of his writing is, is that it stops the state because what were the concerns of the Danbury Baptists? That they were going to write laws against Christ and his kingdom. Okay, that was, their, that was their concern. And what does Jefferson say? He says, we've restricted that. They're not supposed to be doing it. Do, do wicked men do things? I'm, I'll acknowledge, yes, they do wicked things and they break the law. This is where their masters, which are the people, must bring them back into compliance. And because we've waited so long, we've allowed them to amass a small army, which makes it more and more difficult. Do you understand? Okay, so let's go back here to Thomas Jefferson for just a second. All right, and here's what we see. He says, as hearing to this expression of the supreme will of the nation on behalf of the rights of conscience, I shall see with sincere satisfaction the progress of those sentiments which tend to restore to man all his natural rights, convinced he has no natural right in opposition to his social duties. I reciprocate your kind prayers for the protection and blessing of the common father and creator of man, and tender you for yourselves and your religious association assurances of my high respect and esteem. This is, from again, from Thomas Jefferson, January the 1st. Um, 1802, right? So there he is, right? So now you understand the basis of where these people come from when they talk about a separation of church and state. This is where they're drawing it from, but it's not, it's not in the Constitution, okay? So, you know, they're, they're pulling it out of something that's not law, that's number one, and, uh, and that creates, a, that creates a, a further problem. Now, 
when we went on with uh, Dave Jose, you know, we pulled up what two or three state constitutions. Now it's true the federal government does the federal government constitution mentions nowhere uh, in it as far as the appeal to God in it. Okay, it doesn't have that. It does have the year of our Lord. I recognize that. I recognize that there's reference to uh, the Lord's Day being off. Um, that they're not going to be, you know, conducting their business on the Lord's Day. Um, and there's there's a few other things in there as well. But there's no direct appeal like there is in what is the what should be considered our preamble to the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence of God. And by the way, they don't come out and they don't name who God is. They need to, they, frankly, they should have explicitly named who the God of the society is, right? But I think people at the time at least understood when you're talking about God in this society, you're talking about Yahweh. You're talking about the God of the Bible, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's who you're speaking about. So I wanted to take, and I wanted to just go through some of these uh, with you, and I, I hope it will be a benefit to you. There is a, a short little piece I ran across this morning when I was pulling up uh, some of the some of the stuff here. And uh, this was from the Federalist Papers. They were writing on, this was back in 2017, by the way, they were writing on the fact that you know, all of the states mention in their constitutions God or supreme being or divine providence. They acknowledge that. There's only a couple of them that, again, don't acknowledge it right in their preamble. But this was uh, from, their pre from the Pew Research Center. And this was listing all of the mentions of God, okay, or the divine, if you will. And since we know there's only one true living God, then frankly, it should be pretty easy to assess. But anyway, you'll notice that uh, North Carolina and Massachusetts have the largest mentions of God there. Now, what's interesting is... Uh, how their how their governments are conducting themselves? They're conducting themselves as uh, anti you know antichrists is what they what they're doing. North Carolina, especially, I know from from experience, but uh, I know Massachusetts all up here in the in the Northeast uh, has become basically you know Unitarian. It has become apostate. Um, the 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 ground of the hearts of the people are very is very hard. In fact. When um, some years ago, when we were at another church down here in uh, Blacksburg, there was uh, one of our elders went on a mission trip. My my some of my kids went on it with them up to Maine, and uh, they loved the people up there. But boy, it, it's just dead as a doornail. And uh, they're trying to start churches up there. They have churches, but all of them are Unitarian, and they're apostate. And it reflects in the conduct of the people up there uh, with some of the stuff that they were having going on. But nevertheless, they, he, he felt the call to go up there and to help them uh, start a church. And so he did. He took his family up there to Maine, and they've been working to uh, establish churches there. So what I want to do is I just want to read to you some of these constitutions. We'll, we'll hit one. We'll back up. We'll hit one. We'll back up. And I'll just go through these. And I don't want it to be boring, but I do want you to understand that these guys had established this stuff 
And this is who they appealed to. And again, I'm going to use Ballotpedia for this. You can, if you're if you're having a hard time finding any of this, you just go to you put in your search engine Ballotpedia state constitution should be the first thing that comes up. And there's a whole list you can go through every constitution. You can see what every constitution says. So if you're not familiar with your own state constitution, then go there, pull up your state constitution, read it, get familiar with it. This is Alabama, and this is the preamble to the Alabama Constitution. We, the people of the state of Alabama, invoking the favor and guidance of Almighty God. Now, does that sound like uh, there's a separation of church and state the way that you're being told to have a separation of church and state now? No, it doesn't, does it? It, it? They are acknowledging, invoking is the word here, invoking the favor and guidance of Almighty God do ordain and establish the following constitution. That's Alabama. Now, maybe some people would recognize that Alabama would have something like that. Well, let's go to somewhere like, oh, I don't know, Alaska, 1959. 1959, here's the preamble to the Alaskan constitution. We, the people of Alaska, grateful to, who? who is that? To God. And to those who founded our nation and pioneered this great land in order to secure and transmit to succeeding generations our heritage of political, civil, and religious liberty within the union of states, do ordain and establish this constitution for the state of Alaska. Incredible. Incredible. By the way, I'm just going to back up here just so you see it. The current version that I'm reading from was adopted in 1959. That's the Alaskan Constitution. Okay. Arizona. Now, this is, again, where Dave is from, so he's going to know this, and I think we brought this up before. Look at what it says. We, the people of the state of Arizona, grateful to, who is that? Who is this guy? Almighty God, for our liberties, do ordain this Constitution. Who do they thank for their liberties? God, the one true living almighty God for their liberties and do ordain this constitution. We'll back up here in a second. We'll go to Arkansas. This uh, particular uh, constitution, the uh, current one is, was adopted in 1874. And what's interesting, I find this, this stuff kind of interesting too. Uh, this constitution has been amended 102 times since then. Very, very interesting to me how many times they're going to alter these things, but they do so, or they should be doing it as they see that they have problems where they've not correctly laid something out or whatever, make a correction there. But uh, oftentimes what it does is it, it, it gets altered at the expense of the liberty of the people. Nevertheless, the Arkansas uh, Constitution preamble reads this. We, the people of the state of Arkansas, grateful to Almighty God for the privilege of choosing our own form of government for our civil and religious liberty and desiring to perpetrate its blessings and secure the same to ourselves and posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution. That's the Arkansas Constitution. Again, the more you read through these, the more it becomes clear uh, that when people like Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka, when he gets up and he says, America's never been a Christian nation. How foolish can you be 
to just ignore that history. Well, he doesn't ignore the history. He was one pushing to destroy that history. Okay. What about California? You know, it's called California, right? What does California have in their constitution? Well, their preamble reads, We the people, the state of California, grateful to the God we're at war with, with our transgressor, transdelusion, nonsense, and pride parades. We're grateful to Almighty God for our freedom in order to secure and perpetrate its blessings, do establish this constitution. Why don't we ask Gavin Newsom about that and what he's doing? Why don't we put the law on him and say, this is about you, man. You're the one breaking the law. Hmm. Here's another one, Colorado. And there's going to be some that we, we don't even have a reference to in the preamble, but it's, it's, they reference God within the text of their constitutions. Uh, I'm just going to remind you. This is for Colorado. We, the people of Colorado, with profound reverence for the supreme ruler of the universe, in order to form a more independent and perfect government, establish justice, ensure tranquility. I mean, this sounds like the, uh, the federal constitution, doesn't it? Ensure justice, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty due to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution for the state of Colorado. So here they're appealing to the supreme ruler of the universe. And again, guys, there's only one of them. There's only one. Connecticut. Now, Connecticut is not one that, ha if I'm not mistaken, Connecticut, New Hampshire were a couple of that I ran across that do not have it in their preamble. I'm just going to give it to you. No, they do have it. I'm sorry. They do. It was New Hampshire, I think, was the first one I ran across that didn't have that. But I thought Connecticut was right in there, too. Connecticut does have it. This is their preamble. The people of Connecticut, acknowledging with gratitude the good providence of God in having permitted them to enjoy a free government, do in order more effectually, effectually to define, secure, and perpetrate the liberties, rights, and privileges which they have derived from their ancestors. Uh, that seems a little, uh, that seems a little problematic. You don't derive your rights, liberties, and privileges from your ancestors. You get them from God. I don't know what went on there, but anyway. Um. Hereby, after a careful consideration and revision, ordain and establish the following constitution and form of civil government. But again, they rely on, they acknowledge with gratitude the good providence of God. And in so stating, they realize that God has a hand even in what they're doing in establishing their state constitution. That is Connecticut. Uh, we'll go over here to Delaware. This is the... Uh, home of the illeg illegitimate guy in the uh, People's White House. And here's their preamble for Delaware. Through divine goodness, all men have by nature the rights of worshiping and serving their creator according to their dictates of their conscience, of enjoying and defending life and liberty, of acquiring and protecting reputation and property, and in general of obtaining objects suitable to their condition without injury by one to another. And as these rights are essential to their welfare, or do exercise thereof, power is inherent in them, and therefore all just authority in the institutions of political society is derived from the people and established with their consent to advance their happiness, and they may for this end, as circumstances require from time to time, alter 
their constitution of government. But notice, you know, you have to be careful here. He talks about the rights of worshiping and serving their creator according to the dictates of their conscience, of enjoying and defending all these, all these kinds of things. One thing we do have to understand is, yes, people learn as they go along. I think, there's a, I think there is a certain, um, if you want to use the term toleration, with brothers and sisters who come to faith who, who don't understand certain things, and they have to learn, and they're going to get some stuff wrong probably. Okay, and we're to be those. The Bible talks about us being spiritual and helping them in such a way, in such a fashion, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. But if you recall, there's some guys, um, Nadab and Abihu. What did they do? Well, they worshipped God the way He told them to worship, and then it appears they got really excited and said, "Well, let's do this too." Their own conscience was. Just fine with going and trying to worship God in a way that he, he said not to worship him, or he didn't say to worship him. And the Bible says that the fire came forth from God and it consumed him. These were some of his priests. So I'm just throwing that in there, that yes, our conscience should be bound by the Word of God. That's what we should be bound by. Uh, but there's also things that we, we got to get, you know, get right here too. Okay. So, but this is a pretty lengthy one, and they talk about, worshiping and serving their creator, which is, I mean, when you really think about it, this is the whole point of a, if you're going to establish a government, if that's what you're going to do as a people, you need to establish it based upon what God has said. Why? Because ultimately it is to protect your liberty to do what God said. Does that make sense? Is to protect your liberty for do, to do what God said. Now, if you don't have some kind of formal government, you can still do that among the men of the community. They can still establish those things. Remember, we read back um, the 1639 Connecticut Constitution. It was among the men. The men established those. And they were going to make sure that they upheld what God has said about law and about statutes and about judgments. His commands, his statutes, and his judgments. Right? Okay, so that's Delaware. And I apologize if this is going to be a little tedious, but I just, I found it very, frankly, pretty incredible to go down through here and just read these. And I hope that you're finding that as well. And I hope it may be beneficial to you uh, when you're trying to get these people. We, we had a, a gentleman pop in the other day and saying, well, we got to be united. Around what? And the point was, if you don't have the foundations here, how do you get united that way? Now, we had Pastor Artur from Canada, and he was talking about, yeah, I'll go and I'll protest with people who aren't Christian, as long as they're not looking to shut me down for, for preaching the gospel. They can come and, and be a part of you know, our protest for liberty. And I agree with him. I totally agree with him. But there has to be a, a functioning understanding of who the foundation is for any legitimate government, and that is Christ. If we do anything else other than that, if we're combining ourselves with unbelievers in that sense, what are we doing? We're being unequally yoked. And I know a lot of pastors want to just stop with marriage on that, but that's in everything we do. You can see it going back into the Old Testament. Remember when Joshua goes into the land 
And God told him, he says, you don't make any pacts, don't make no covets, no treaties, no nothing with the inhabitants of the land there. And remember the guys found out what the Israelites were doing and they were scared to death and they dressed in old raggedy clothes and had moldy bread and all this other stuff. And they came and appealed to them to make a, uh, a covenant with them and take care of them. And then as soon as they had done it, Joshua found, finds out these are people of the land. And they, in essence, bring somewhat of a curse on themselves by making a covenant with those people. Nevertheless, they kept their word to them. But they, they brought a curse on themselves for doing it. This is the state of Florida. And again, Florida is in the, uh, is in the news because uh, they're trying to push uh, Ron DeSantis into the White House. This is the preamble to the Florida Constitution. We, the people of the state of Florida, being grateful to Almighty God for our constitutional liberty. Hmm. We're grateful to Almighty God for our constitutional liberty in order to secure its benefits, perfect our government, ensure domestic tranquility, maintain public order, and guarantee equal civil uh, and political rights to all, do ordain and establish this constitution. And who's establishing all these? Who's doing that? Is government just making itself up? Did the federal government make make the state constitutions up? Nope. We the people. The people are establishing that. They're setting the record straight here. Okay. All right. Now that's Florida. We'll go back and we're going to look at Georgia. And as you imagine, Georgia will have that same thing. To perpetuate the principles of free government, ensure justice to all, preserve peace, promote the interest and happiness of the citizen and of the family, and transmit to posterity the enjoyment of liberty. We, the people of Georgia, relying upon the protection and guidance of Almighty God, do ordain and establish this Constitution. So they took a little bit longer to get to the reference of God. Nevertheless, the the outcome is the same, isn't it? It's really pretty interesting when when you see this. Now, here's one, too. Because you might be thinking, you know, later states coming in and stuff, some of this drops off. This is Hawaii. This is the Hawaiian Constitution. Okay? We, the people of Hawaii, grateful for divine guidance. Okay? Grateful for divine guidance and mindful of our Hawaiian heritage and uniqueness as an island state, Dedicate our efforts to fulfill the philosophy decreed by the Hawaii state motto. And I'm not even going to try that. I'm just going to say Hakuna Matata. Okay. <laughs> no offense to Hawaiians, but it's something in Hawaiian. And I, I don't even, I don't even know how to pronounce any of that stuff. Uh, we reserve the right to control our destiny, to nurture the integrity of our people and culture, and to preserve the quality of life that we desire. We aff- reaffirm our belief in a government of the people, by the people, and for the people and with an understanding and compassionate heart toward all the peoples of the earth, do hereby ordain and establish this constitution for the state of Hawaii. But notice what they're appealing to. They're grateful for divine guidance. They recognize there's something outside of them, someone outside of them, who is divine, to give them guidance. Okay? We also have the Idaho Constitution. I'm just going down in the line. You guys can do this yourself if you want to do it. But I, I just, I wanted to do a show on this just so this information is out there. 
And so for people who who are dealing with with people who are being belligerent about um you know God being referenced, his law being referenced, Christ, any of this, the kingdom of God as part of government, any of that stuff, that they can just share this with somebody and, and I'll go through it for you. You don't have to keep doing it. This is from Idaho. We, the people of the state of Idaho, grateful to Almighty God for our freedom to secure its blessings and promote our common welfare, do establish this constitution. Let me back up again. And let's look to Illinois, home of Chicago there, right? All these communists coming out of Chicago there. This is the Illinois Constitution. Again, the people of Illinois need to stand up and put a stop to them. We, the people of the state of Illinois, grateful to Almighty God for the civil, political, and religious liberty, which he has permitted us to enjoy in seeking his blessing upon our endeavors, uh, endeavors in order to provide for the health, safety, and welfare of the people, maintain a representative and orderly government, eliminate poverty. <laughs> I don't know how that's supposed to happen. Um, you know, Jesus said, the poor you have with you, how, how long? Always, right? Eliminate poverty and inequality. Those are some problems, I think, right there in their own constitution, to tell you the truth. Assure legal, social, and economic justice. Provide opportunity for the fullest development of the individual. Ensure domestic tranquility. Provide for the common defense. And secure the blessings of freedom and liberty to ourselves and our posterity to ordain and establish this constitution for the state of Illinois. So, there you go. Home of Saul Alinsky and you know, stomping grounds of Barack Hussein Obama, Satoris Abarka. There, there it is. They're, they're supposed to look for those kinds of things towards God. This is Indiana. So if you're from Indiana, here's what you got. To the end that justice be established, public order maintained, and liberty perpetuated, we the people of the state of Indiana, grateful to Almighty God, for the free exercise of the right to choose our own form of government, do ordain this constitution. Again, if you remember when we were going through things with Brent, this is part of what common law did. It allowed them to select the form of government, but they were to still govern, that they're supposed to govern according to the laws of God, the one they're acknowledging that they're grateful for. Okay, their laws are, are supposed to be built upon the law of God. Iowa is another one. Let's take a look at what she's got to say. This is the preamble to the Iowa Constitution. We, the people of the state of Iowa, grateful to the supreme being for the blessings hitherto enjoyed and feeling our dependence on him for a continuance of those blessings, do ordain and establish a free and independent government by the name of the state of Iowa. The boundaries whereof shall be as follows. So again, each and every one of these, what are, what are they? What are they appealing to? Right off the bat, they're appealing to Almighty God. Kansas is no different. This is the Kansas preamble to their constitution. We, the people of Kansas, grateful to Almighty God for our civil and religious privileges in order to ensure the full enjoyment of our rights as American citizens to ordain and establish the Constitution of the state of Kansas, 
with the following boundaries to wit, beginning at a point on the western boundary of the state of Missouri, where the 37th parallel of north latitude crosses the same, thence running west on said parallel to the 25th meridian of longitude west from Washington, thence north on said meridian to the 40th parallel of north latitude, thence east on said parallel to the western boundary of the state of Missouri, thence south with the western boundary of said state to the place of beginning. Yes, they want you to know all that territory right there is Missouri, and um, they're establishing their constitution with being grateful to Almighty God. That's Kansas. Isn't this fun? I mean, I don't know about you, but for those of you who've not looked at state constitutions and things, I I got really interested even more to see all of these other ones. And yeah, that's right. That's right, Lori. It, but every one, every one of the constitutions references God, whether they do it in the preamble or whether they do it within the text and the body of the Constitution or not. They're all recognizing that. They're all recognizing that there is a a spiritual entity that exists, that is the lawgiver. They, They recognize that. And they put it down on paper, black and white, of what's going on here. This is Louisiana. We, the people of Louisiana, grateful to Almighty God for the civil, political, economic, and religious liberties we enjoy, desiring to protect individual rights to life, liberty, and poverty, afford opportunity for the fullest development of the individual, assure equality of rights, promote the health, safety, education, and welfare of the people, maintain a representative and orderly government, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, and secure the blessings of freedom and justice to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution. Again, it's it's pretty incredible when you hear the the voices of today say, "Oh, you know, God isn't supposed to be in in politics. Don't have those conversations of politics or religion with anybody because it just starts wars and fights and this that and the other." No, friends, those are some of the most exciting conversations you can have, especially if you're dealing with adults who can maintain their composure. Right. If you're dealing with these little, I call them, you know, adult adolescents, that they can't keep their emotions in check. They feel like they have to lash out and, you know, bombard you with ad hom attacks and this, that and the other simply because you read to them something or you point to something. Now, we can take and we can show these things and we can demonstrate exactly what we're talking about in history. And again, for those of you who may be just now joining. And if you want to call in, you want to comment, you got a question, the number is 803-619-9855. Please call just during the live show, not after, okay? Uh, 803-619-9855. I'll try to take your call. This is from Maine. Listen to how they present things. This is their preamble. Objects of government, we the people of Maine, in order to establish justice, ensure tranquility, Provide for our mutual defense, promote our common welfare, and secure to ourselves and our posterity the blessings of liberty, acknowledging with grateful hearts the goodness of the sovereign ruler of the universe in affording us an opportunity so favorable to the design and imploring God's aid and direction in its accomplishment, do agree to form ourselves into a free and independent state by the style 
and title of the state of Maine and do ordain and establish the following constitution for the government of the same. So again, an appeal to this sovereign who is beyond time and space, and yet they appeal to him. Here's Marilyn. And I, I, you know, I recognize some of the underpinning of Roman Catholicism here. I, I recognize that. Uh, and yet, what do they write? We, the people of the state of Maryland, grateful to Almighty God for our civil and religious liberty and taking into our serious consideration the best means of establishing a good constitution in this state for the sure foundation and more permanent security thereof, declare. So even in Maryland, you've got this that's put up there. There's, there's a lot of commies up there in Maryland, too, by the way. A lot of good guys, but there's a lot of commies up there as well. This is uh, Massachusetts. And um, I, I don't know if when I was reading this, yep, it does make a reference there. It's a different kind of title here. This is a quite lengthy preamble, so bear with me. The end of the institution, maintenance, and administration of government is to secure the existence of the body politic, to protect it, and to furnish the individuals who compose it with the power of enjoying uh, in safety and tranquility that are natural rights. And the, by, by referencing natural rights, they're talking about you're given to, they're, they're given to you by somebody and the blessings of life. And whenever these great objects are not obtained, the people have a right to alter the government and to take measures necessary for their safety, prosperity, and happiness. The body politics is formed by a voluntary association of individuals. It is a social compact by which the whole people covenants with each citizen and each citizen with the whole people that all shall be governed by certain laws for the common good. It is the duty of the people, therefore, in framing a constitution of government to provide for an equitable mode of making laws as well as for an impartial interpretation, faithful execution of them, that every man may at all times find his security in them. We, therefore, the people of Massachusetts, acknowledging with grateful hearts the goodness of the great legislature, legislator, excuse me, of the universe, that's the lawgiver. Who, who is that? That's Christ, isn't it? Yep. The great legislator of the universe and affording us in the course of his providence an opportunity deliberately and peaceably without fraud, violence, or surprise of entering into an original, explicit, and solemn compact with each other and of forming a new constitution of civil government for ourselves and posterity and devoutly imploring his direction in so interesting a design, do agree or upon, ordain, and establish the following declaration of rights, the frame of government as the constitution of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. They took a long time getting there either, but I kind of like that. The great legislature of the universe. He's the one who sets all things in motion. He holds all things together by the word of his power. Yeah. That's what God does. He is the great lawgiver. What about Michigan? He has some Michiganites in here, I know. What about Michigan? Their preamble begins this way. We, the people, the state of Michigan... Grateful to Almighty God for the blessings of freedom and earnestly desiring to secure these blessings undiminished to ourselves and our posterity to ordain and establish this constitution. So they're, they're doing the same thing. In fact, I would encourage the Michiganites to alter their uh, constitution to get rid of the education provision there. I, we need Look, we need that kind of stuff here in the South, too. 
we need this, the, 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 the people in the South to say, we need to, to alter that and to cut that back. That's where they're getting us. They're not getting us at the voting booth. Oh, well, they're getting us there. Okay. They're getting us in their mockingbird media. They're getting us in all this other stuff, but they're, they're really getting us in the education area. And if the state controls education, it controls the next generation. If you want to know why we're at where we're at, it's because the state began to control education and has turned it into indoctrination. And it's on full bloom right now. You can see it. The stuff they're presenting in the, in the schools is full indoctrination. It's not education about anything. It's not teaching kids how to think or any of that. Many kids graduate, they can barely read or write, yet we call it success. And we're throwing tens of thousands of dollars a year per student. I mean, if you're a homeschool family, you know it doesn't cost tens of thousands of dollars a year for your whole family. So that's that's just a freebie. <laughs> that's a freebie for you guys up there. But I'm also talking to us people down here in the South because we need to deal with it too. And again, where did that come from? Well, go back in history and you'll see it. Again, I can't recommend R.L. Dabney's On Secular Education enough. If you don't have it, you need to buy it. You can get a Kindle copy for like four bucks off Amazon or six bucks for a paperback. It's a, it's a small little book. It's, it's, I think it's less than 100 pages. Read what the guy wrote. This is the guy writing in the 1860s. And he's telling you what what Lincoln and the North wanted to push on the South, namely public education. He warned of the dangers then, and he warns of the dangers in the future. And I'm telling you what, you read that book and you'll come away going, this guy was a prophet. No, he wasn't a prophet. He just saw, he saw the ramifications of pushing that on the people. Let me finish with this one. Minnesota Constitution this is its preamble. This is what it says. We, the people of the state of Minnesota, grateful to God for our civil and religious liberty and desiring to perpetuate its blessings and secure the same to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this constitution. I'll leave you with this. We've read this before. This is from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt have good success. I want to ask you something, people of the United States. Are you being prosperous? Are you having good success? If the answer is no, you might want to return to the Almighty God referenced in these preambles of these constitutions. Bradley, be with you at 3. We'll be back with you in the morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then. See you.